Hi, my name is Ray Schneider, and you're listening to the Rarely Right Podcast. Now, where the Rarely Right Podcast name came from is that it's not about being right or being perfect in life. In fact, we're rarely right, but it's about being an active participant in our own stories, taking back the pen that somebody else took from us and beginning to craft our story in a way that creates positive energy and momentum forward. Now, I've been a counselor for the last eight years, and one of the greatest joys in my life is when I've been able to watch one of my clients have a breakthrough, when I've been able to see the light click on for them, and they realize, oh, I can do this because I'm already doing it. Welcome. My voice is finally back. I just said that and it cracked. Uh, I should probably start over, but I'm not going to. So thank you so much for all the patience that you've had with um, my voice being in and out. It's it's very nerve-wracking to me when um, when I lose my voice because my voice is my job, um, not just, you know, you know, on the podcast, but, um, any, uh, <laughs> the rest of my job outside of this. So, um, thank you so much for, for being patient, but I think more so thank you for all of you who engaged me, um, last week off of the podcast, the anchor app, which is my, my host site. Um, there's a way to leave voicemails and I had a few voicemails from you and it's just really cool to like hear your stories and, um, you know, really where you want to begin to free yourself, uh, the burdens that you're holding on to. Um, Thank you for those of you who signed up for the newsletter. The first newsletter went out. If you're still interested in the newsletter, that's awesome because it's it's not going to stop. So at any time you want to be on the newsletter, you can write to um, rarelywriteray at gmail.com or Instagram or Facebook me or um, on my website, revisionwithray.com. You can actually just sign up for the newsletter. Um, But all you have to do is if you're emailing me or messaging me, just say, sign me up and and give me your email. But thanks for those of you who, who are on it. Um, got some nice responses back from that. And then last but not least, those of you who, there was a few of you who wrote in, uh, you know, just with a piece of your story uh, based off of last week's podcast to my, to my Gmail account. And it was, it was really humbling. And that's kind of where I'm leading into is it was just really humbling to hear other people's um, interpretation, you know, of what I was thinking and feeling. And I think that's really important. And that's a great place to take pause um, whether you're listening to this in the morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you're at, I think it's a great place to take pause and remember that when someone gives you, you know, their theories or their ideas or their whatever, um, you never have to accept the entire thing. I think we get caught up in that. We assume like everything they say has to make sense to me or it doesn't. I have to accept it or reject it. But I think the most profound relationships and connections that we have to other people and to words and to theology and to um, even science is is to say um, I'm accepting this piece of it and I'm I'm pulling this piece out as my nugget of truth because that works with you know my views and my moral standing um, and I don't have to accept the rest and it doesn't mean that I reject you as a human or I reject your ideas um, but it does allow me to connect with you in this in this chunk and in this piece and I think that's what I want to challenge you know you guys to do not with my just my podcast but you know with everything is always be looking for your nugget of truth it's a way that you can connect with people who you may not always connect with it's also a way for us to grow right because sometimes we want to hear something and maybe a chunk of it really just doesn't make sense and so we want to reject it but if we're willing to sit through it and listen to it oftentimes there is a piece of it that we can relate to and it really can help continue to change and morph and grow us 
And I brought that up because it really leads into something that I wanted uh, to talk to you today. And it's really, um, I'm calling it the death of black and white. And this comes with a lot of personal angst, to be very, very honest with you. I think that similarly to how we accept other people's theories and, and, and values and lifestyles and hopes and dreams um, is how we, we view the world ourselves. And it's this method of black and white, yes and no, good and bad, <laughs> my thoughts, your thoughts. And we, we really get stuck in that. And I know that a lot of that comes from how we grew up, right? Whether you're my generation um, or right after my generation, or you're the, and definitely if you're the generations before me, we love to separate things into categories. And the most profound line that I've ever seen be put in the sand, and, and I, was, I would even say the most damaging line that I've ever seen put in the sand and the most painful line I've ever had to fight and continue to fight is that line between black and white. Most of the time, I think we find that in individuals who grew up in faith-based homes. Um, And I guess I shouldn't say faith-based homes. I should say religious-based homes because the church really, really defines itself off of that, right? That this is good and this is bad and we are righteous and they are evil. And it, and it, the reason why I think it's very, very damaging in religion-based homes is not because no one else taught their children that, that this is good and this is bad, but that there was this element of, but how we show love is to convert them to who we are. And the messaging when you're younger or that's how you've grown up doesn't come off damaging to you. You're like, wow, that's so powerful. That's so loving. But I think when we're re- if we're not if we're not careful and we're not honest with ourselves, that can also be an incredibly damaging message. Right? Because it's saying you're not good enough or you're evil or I reject your family history or where you came from. But I love you so much, I'm willing to make you a replica of myself. I'm willing to flip you to my side. Now, I'm not I want to be careful. Not all Christians or I'm thinking about the Christian and Catholic faith, but not all Christians are are like that. Um, I'm more talking about my childhood and the messaging that I accepted and said, that's how I was going to go love people, was switching them to who I was. And not being willing to listen to their stories, their background, their history, how they found God, or how they understand the world to work. And it goes it goes beyond you know, faith. I don't want to, st- I don't want to dance down that road because that's not even the road I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to get at the place where we live now, where we get so stuck in right and wrong and black and white that we have no opportunity to actually live a full life because there is no perfect solution. And that's, that's across everything. We want so desperately to box things up because it's easier. I think it's really I think it's really ironic that we often consider living a good life, quote unquote good life, living a moral life, living a you know, a transcendent life one beyond ourselves is is really hard. But I think we actually find comfort 
and being able to say, I'm good or I'm bad, or they're good and they're bad. We find comfort in it, but we, we, we miserate in it. And that's what I wanted to dig into a little bit today, because here's the thing. Life doesn't happen in black and in white. It doesn't happen. Those are two bookends in a very, very large scope of gray. And so we can always be fighting towards, you know, the side that we we want to be a part of, but we're missing life and we're missing those nuggets of truth and we're missing those opportunities of extreme joy and we're missing those opportunities of peace in our spirits when we're so focused on that bookend or that end goal that we're not experiencing in here. And I genuinely believe that needing to categorize things, needing to put things in the black and white, needing to put labels on ourselves is, is what causes so much anxiety and so much depression and so much identity crisis and so many arguments and divorces and breakups and heartbreaks because we're so fixated on what we should be or what someone else should be that we don't meet them where they are and meet ourselves where we are and find ourselves worthy and accepted and enough. It is so great to have an ideal idea of who your future partner is or who your partner now should be. That's, I get it. We've all done it. Every single person has vision casted who they want to be their partner, what the characteristics would be. Like how we'll end up meeting them, how we'll fall in love, how that relationship will be or that marriage will be, how it'll be fairy tale ending, all of that. But in reality, um, when we fall in love or we start dating someone or we have really strong feelings for someone, they're a human being. They're not a vision. And with human beings comes wounds and <laughs> a lot of gray it comes with complications and nuances. And frankly, most of the time, people are not going to match up to your standards, right? And it doesn't mean you should drop them, but it means that you should be able to find a place where, where am I willing to meet someone in the middle? Because here's the thing, they're going to have to meet you in the middle too, right? Because when we start meeting someone or dating someone or getting to know someone, oftentimes, what we want to do is we want to put our best step forward, right? Right? Like how long is it until you go to the bathroom at the other person's house? Or before you start talking about maybe the stuff in your closet or the worst breakup you've ever had or the wound that you carry around with you and literally use to make decisions. How long does it take before you start actually sharing that out? Usually a really long time. And that comes down to, you know, Obviously, there's, there's some trust issues there, but it also comes down to, I want to put my best foot forward. I want you to fall for me, so I need to show you this shiny piece. And I'm wondering what it would be like in our relationships, in our romances, in our stories, if instead of always trying to put this perfect vision of ourselves forward, we actually take a step back and go, hey, I really like you, I really want to get to know you, but, but I'm kind of in the gray. Here's where I'm at. I don't know. I know that's a scary thing to do, especially when you're out in the world of 
trying to make connections. But I think that the death of black and white needs to happen. Because the more I pay attention to people in my life, or the more I talk to people who are really trying to navigate their life, change their life, or completely 180 their life, the more I realize the amount of anxiety and depression and fear that radiates through people's spirits because their life isn't matching up with the vision that they created for themselves. This isn't where I was supposed to be. This isn't who I was supposed to be with. This isn't the type of person I was going to become. And they live in that narrative. And when you're living in that narrative over and over and over again, you continue to go down and down and down into this trench of just disillusion of what life is actually going to be about. It will never be perfect. It will never be easy. And you will never find someone in the best moment possible and have, you know, the fairy tale romance. It's just, it's not going to happen. But what you could do is you could relinquish yourself from the burdens of being something that you thought you would be when you were 10 or you were 18 or if you're a little bit older, when you were 22 coming out of college, if you let go of that vision and look at who you are now, I really genuinely believe that you may be profoundly excited about it. Because whatever you're doing, you must be doing it well because you're getting up every day and you have people around you. So great start. If there's more that you need to work on, we all need to. You're not alone. But stop living in this, I have to be this way. Because the other problem with, I have to be living this way, is you begin to unfairly judge people around you. So it's not only like you're carrying burdens, but you're like, well, I'm this, but at least I'm not that. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have these issues and I have this past, but at least I don't have that past. I messed up in the last relationship or conversation that I was in, but at least I didn't do that. Do you see how damaging that is? It's not just about what we're doing to our own spirits. It's not just about the anxiety and depression and hurt and fear and pain that we're putting on ourselves. It's also this dark shadow that we're casting on other people. Because that's the thing that black and white does, is it allows us to justify the rest of us. Right? It allows us to say, okay, on one hand, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not that. But on the other hand, at least I'm not that, that, and that. And then we get to be, we, we almost justify unfairly judging other people. We get to justify someone else's narrative and reject it. We get to justify our actions when we say, oh, that person's a horrible person, or I'm not going to forgive that person, or I don't care about that person. Because what we've done is we've taken our narrative and their narrative, compared them, assumed ours is better, and we've now put them in the hot seat for being in the black when they're right there next to us in the gray. That's the damaging thing of black and white. It is truly about judgment and boxes and labels than anything else.
Because what's it really doing? If you were to take a step back, genuinely with me, take a deep breath and take two steps back, what does black and white, these rules that we've made up, these visions of who we have to be and who we can't be, what what is it actually serving? What is it actually giving us? Because it's not giving us a moral compass. It's not giving us a moral code. That's already ingrained in who we are. That's why we're rejecting some of the damages in ourselves and in other people. But what's it actually doing? Because if it's supposed to be a moral compass, if it's supposed to be helping us become a better person, then we're looking at it all wrong. We get so caught up in an end goal, in a trophy status, gold star, polished everything that we miss now and we miss out on the opportunity to see how incredible we are as humans and who are the people next to us. Black and white has to go. There is no perfect human. There is no perfect relationship, whether that's, you know, family or, or romantic or platonic or somewhere in between. There's nothing perfect out there, period. Because there's no perfect human out there, period. We are a collection of experiences and wounds and misses and successes. And we have to accept that. And we have to be okay with not being able to label that. It's very, it's very personal to me to say that because I used to be a very black and white person. Like very black and white. I've gone through a few different phases in my life. But I grew up, and this has nothing to do with my upbringing, but I grew up just, I really navigated to that black and white because I found, I found comfort in it. I can be this I can't be that. This is how I earn affection. This is how I get in trouble. If I'm really good at this, I'll be seen. If I do that, I'll be in trouble, right? And as I grew up, I needed to live in that because inside me was beginning to fracture with what I believed was true and false. And, but I held on to that and I swallowed it but what happened was that was at the surface and that was maybe layer one of, of my spirit. But underneath, really bad things were happening. They were bubbling and they were aching. And by the time I got to college, I was so utterly depressed that I didn't know what to do with myself. Seriously. I was really social. I had a lot of great, amazing friends. I did a lot of things. I never sat still and I never sat still because underneath was anxiety and pain and hurt and fear of who I was outside the rules that I had built up inside of me. And there was so much damage. And I never want you to look too far back on your life and dwell on it. But there are moments where we're humans and we look back and we go, I wish that didn't happen. And there is a huge chunk of that where I said, I wish I would have let go. Because it took breaking for me to actually open myself up and accept myself in the middle. And I became such a happier, wholer person. 
What's interesting is that I've had to free myself from these regulations or these black and white things more than once. And so I'm bringing that up to say, start rejecting it now, but be aware that it may come back. It may come back in a different form or a different label, but continue to be thoughtful around the understanding that we live in the middle and find acceptance there, find joy there, find connections there, find love there, find something there. Because you're living right now. So just going to work and just coming home at night, we have to do that some days. Actually, let's pause. We have to do that some days. There are days where it's just too much. But that shouldn't be every day. You need to search inside of who you are and where you're at right now and need to invest in it. Investing in it is donating time to it. Investing in it is giving your spirit time to grow. Investing in it is going out and having a blast just to have it. Investing in it is going out and actually challenging yourself to learn something new or meeting new people or sporadically I don't know, going on a road trip, invest here and now in the place that you're at, because this is what you have. Stop worrying about if you're falling too far into a dark shadow and stop focusing so hard on getting to that light that you miss the now you're in here now. And if there's one thing that we all have to remember day in and day out, is tomorrow is never guaranteed. And I think some people, they almost avoid that comment. They almost avoid that thought because it's too deep. It's too much. It's too morbid. It's too real. And so we keep living life as if we have tomorrow and we have next week and we have six months from now. But but what if we don't? What are you doing today to just create true joy for yourself? What are you doing today to indulge your soul? If you, if you can't answer that, find it. Maybe it's sitting and enjoying an incredible cup of coffee. Maybe it's taking a breath and smelling the air around you. Unless you're, you know, in Brooklyn on garbage day, then that's just a terrible idea. But find something, find something each day to look forward to begin to invest in here and now because you will never be totally white and I don't know if you'll ever be totally black either or you'll never be totally black and I don't know if you'll ever be totally white whichever spectrum is what you're looking at but we need to kill the scale life is lived in the gray and what's really beautiful is when we accept that for ourselves we can accept that for others And we can continue to collect those nugget of truths from other people. We can begin to grow and expand our hearts and our spirits by learning from other people standing right next to us in the gray. And how exciting would it be for us to be a whole different collection of people, people who meet each other where they're at and find them beautiful people who meet each other where they're at and accept them as enough. Because the messaging right now sucks. The messaging right now is you're not good enough or I'm better than you or you're better than me. And that's just boring. 
We don't need those kind of ranks in our relationships and in the connections that we make. What we need is to be seen. And so we can give that not only to ourselves, but to others. I think it's time to to kill the scale of black and white and rejoice in the place we are right now.